And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. It has been a minute, uh, thanks to COVID and all sorts of other things. If you watched our group therapy show yesterday, you will uh, notice that we are back in the booth and happy to do so. And of course, we had to lead it off with one of our most regular guests, the mayor of Denham Springs. Uh, good afternoon, sir. Thanks for being here. If you'll introduce yourself. I'm Gerard Landry, the mayor of Denham Springs. Glad to be back. Glad everybody's COVID-free for the moment. Yes. Let's hope it stays that way, right? Yeah, let's hope. Mm -hmm. uh, as I was discussing with David Gray and Rob DeArmond, um, I guess it would have been this morning when we're recording, or yesterday, for those of you who watched it yesterday, our office went through it. I know your office had problems with it. All sorts of people had trouble with this newest variant. Very, very, very uh, transmissible. So today we're talking about two things. First and foremost, uh, we have a new business owner slash new landowner here in Denham Springs. It was a controversial process at first, but I know that we're talking about the land, the old Angel concrete. Correct. Um, uh, you know, Fred Banks Housing Authority moved away from that. Mr. John Madden, who we will discuss today briefly as we start the show, uh, bought the land for a laydown yard. He's a construction guy. Out of Menden, Louisiana, has a satellite office in Longview, Texas. So he kind of, through you, uh, and I believe through the paper, wanted to reach out to the community and say, hi, this is what's going to be going on. Uh, so why don't you walk us through that? Sure. Mr. Madden came and uh, introduced himself several months ago when he wanted to purchase the property. He was trying to do his due diligence and find out what it is, uh, how was it, uh, uh, you know, what, was there anything that he needed to be concerned about? And uh, the biggest thing that we talked about was the former owners, that uh, there were some Issues with uh, con uh, uh, running a concrete plant at night, uh, not observing the 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. quiet time. Uh, and then, you know, we, we I got him a certain level of comfort that it was going to be okay for him to come here. Uh, he has 14 concrete plants and like six or eight asphalt plants already. He has a construction company. He does road construction. But what he didn't have in this part of Louisiana was a laydown yard for his heavy equipment and an office for his staff. So I think there'll be six or seven people working out of this office. It'd be a laydown yard for equipment when he's in between jobs. So it should be relatively quiet, a normal 7 to 4.30 kind of situation as far as trucks rolling in and out. There may be some exceptions, but it's going to be much quieter than it was uh, in the past. Uh, Mr. Madden came and spoke before the council, brought his wife and his son. It's like four, I think his son is the fourth generation involved in this business, so they're very successful. And we're glad to have them here in, in Denham Springs. And they're going to be great, uh, great partners. So the reason we bring that up today is that next week, his hope is to bring his equipment in. Uh, he has concrete crushing equipment. So for two or three weeks, it might be a little noisy because he's going to take the concrete that is there, bust it up, run it through this crushing machine, and lay it all back out into a parking surface that his trucks can utilize. So once it gets through that, it should be a normal day-to-day -day operation. And he, was, he wanted to make sure that the public was aware I think he sent you a letter to uh, to publish for him. Yes. And I wanted to make sure that the message got out as well. And I believe David Gray has reached out to him uh, or will reach out to him soon. He and I discussed that this morning, uh, Very that letter. Very good. So uh, we welcome John Madden to the community. I know that a lot of people, uh, it was a very controversial process with that property. I'm sure there will be people who are um, happy that it turned out this way. All the neighbors that I've spoken to are, are, are ecstatic. So. so moving on, uh, we Coming back today to remind people of, uh, of a program that you and I discussed last fall. I actually think I looked this up. It was uh, late September when we did the first uh, podcast about it. Uh, I believe uh, FEMA came the next month to present the council about it. 
since then, y'all have done several things. But first, let's go back to what we're actually talking about. It is the Spring Park Buyout Program. They are looking to acquire properties that are repetitive flood, uh, or at least that are in this area that they have targeted, uh, which contains a lot of properties that are high risk uh, for current disasters, future disasters, whatever you want to call it, usually flooding. So uh, real quick, two minutes, give us a background on how they approached you about this and, and, and why you as the, you and the city have kind of jumped in behind it. Well, it's all through the Louisiana Watershed Initiative, which is uh, $1.2 billion that was given to the state. And uh, there were some HUD monies involved as well and some HUD guidelines that have been uh, implemented in this program. And so they approached uh, approached us about trying to uh, to help some uh, severe repetitive loss and some repetitive loss homeowners and properties that were close to the river. And uh, like we discussed before, it happens to be where Centerville runs into a river road and all in the, right there by First Baptist Church. So uh, when we met with them, we also told them that we also had a plan, that we had had our Denim Strong Initiative uh, four and a half years ago now, and that in that plan was a park setting, bicycle, pedestrian plans, whatever, for that area. And when they, when they discovered that we do actually have a plan for that property, if it's bought out, they were very, very excited, and uh, they upped the amount of money that they uh, have allocated for this project. It's up to about $10 million now. And so that's pretty much where we stand. And y'all are continuing to do outreach because you, you sort of call this a, uh, I believe it was described as a managed retreat, which means they are trying to, uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, they are offering 100% of praise value for these homes because they are trying to get folks to move into non-flood zones. Yeah, when you talk about managed retreat, yes, you know, if somebody gets hurt bad enough during a disaster, they may just pick up their stuff and leave and walk away from it, right? At least with a managed retreat, it's an opportunity to take some funds that the government is willing to give you. And this is not the first time they've ever done this. They just got through doing it at Lake Charles. And they've done it all over the country in different areas. So now it's our turn because of the flooding that we've had it here. We've had here. So now with the managed retreat, somebody that's living in that area who may be sick and tired of every time it water comes, every time the rains or every time the, the river rises, they have to worry about, is, is their house going to flood? If it's not going to flood, can I get out because the driveway or the road's going to be underwater? And so there's a value to not having to worry about that. And unfortunately, typically what happens is the value of the property decreases when it's a habitual flood area. The value of the property could decrease because of the increased cost of flood insurance. Those are all factors that a family has to worry about whenever they want to purchase a piece of property over in that, in that especially in that particular area. Well, this is a great opportunity when they will pay you 100% of the fair market value. The property owner, if the property owner is also a landlord, uh, then he will help, they will buy that property from him as well. And if there are landlords that have renters in their homes, there's some incentive to help them move as well. So currently there's about 107 lots that we're talking about. Some of them have homes. Some of them are just empty lots because they've been flooded over the decades and the houses have finally just gone away. Some of them had just recently were purchased by the city. We just bought one for twenty, I think twenty-eight thousand dollars, which is really just a uh, a blighted house uh, just last year. <clears throat> but um, there's an opportunity for there's forty-seven property owners, forty-seven landowners for the hundred and seven lots. I spoke to one gentleman. I think he's got five or six rent houses back there that would love to be able to walk away from those because he can't afford to buy flood insurance for him anyway. So when it floods, he's out of pocket trying to repair him. So I think he's going to be a person that's probably going to take the money and, and move away. 
And then because there's HUD guidelines involved, it also adds another layer. HUD guidelines is going to help a family that's, so you have a family that's living there. I'm, I, this is just a hypothetical situation. I'm, I'm getting ready to explain. But let's just say you have a household of four people, and, and according to HUD guidelines, you got to live in a house that's 1,200 square feet. But the house that you're in is 1,000 square feet. Well, they'll offer you, in your incentive, enough money to buy a 1,200-square-foot home so that when you move, you'll have a house that's the proper size for your family. And the only caveat is you have to move outside of a flood zone. And that's another incentive. They just don't want you to move across the street. They want you to move out of a flood zone so that the repetitive loss doesn't continue to happen. Right. And one of the things that we've seen over the time uh, since the uh, flood of 2016 is that if you're going to have a bailout from FEMA, say it's 75, 25%, that 25% comes out of your pocket. Or maybe a 90, 10, which is where we are because of the severity of our flooding here, <clears throat> that 10% has got to come out of your pocket. But you also have to maintain flood insurance. That's another three, or $4,000 a year in some cases, sometimes a little higher than that. But this particular case does not require the flood insurance issue. Sure. So, and that's that's a very interesting part as well, is that this is, um, you know, there are a lot of options out there right now. There, you could elevate your home. You can, you it can be acquired, but of course, this is a different form of acquisition. Uh, but, you know, the, the big thing here is that they're trying to help you get to a place where your, your risk is mitigated more than it is being in that area of town. Sure. Look, it's home. I get it. Some people have lived there for decades, and you don't want to leave home. I understand. But <clears throat> nobody's going to make you do this. But, I, you know, I think it's incumbent upon us as, uh, as civic leaders to do what we can to make sure that people have options. And this is the best option that we have seen so far. Maybe the next one that comes down the road is going to be better, but my goodness, I don't know how it can be much better if they're willing to pay you fair market value. Sure. That's pretty strong. And then to incentivize under certain scenarios, is, is it's even... Uh, it's even better, right? Right. So the most important thing that people can do today, and that's the reason that uh, I ask you, I ask, uh, I ask you if I could come on and do this little, this podcast today. And thank you so much for that, because it's really important that our citizens get to see and hear what it is that we have to offer. You, not everybody gets a newspaper. Not everybody has your app. Not everybody pays attention to what's going on in the world. But this is just another way for us to try to get the information out to everybody. The most important thing is there is a, a survey that you could take. It's uh, uh, labuyout.com, and there's also an 800 number that you can call on here. Or call City Hall and talk to Rick Foster or anybody in our permit office, and they'll get you the information that you need. But you just have to do the online survey so that they can start the process. I don't know what the number is going to be. I don't know what fair market value is for all of these homes because they're all in different stages, right? So let them start the process. Call them. And they'll send a person to see you, or you might, it might just all be done online, but eventually somebody's got to come out to the house, and that can start the process for you so that you can see what your options are. And just because you ask the questions doesn't mean that you have to participate. Sure. You have to have the information so that you can make a good, informed decision, what's good for you and what's good for your family. Sure. And, you know, that's, that's the whole purpose of this. I, you know, want to reiterate something you said. This is not required. No. This is, and you know, a lot of people might say, well, you keep, you sent me a letter, you put it on my door, you know, you're trying to get me, it's like, no, we just want to make sure you have the information so you can make an informed decision. Without a doubt. I, we, I wish we had a perfect, society, a perfect society where I could just send out a text message sure. and know that everybody saw it. 
But this podcast will be on our Facebook page. It'll be wherever we can get it posted so that people have another opportunity to hear what the facts are. The most important thing, just call. Call our office. Call these folks and just get get your name on the list and start the conversation. Sure. You might be the best thing that you ever did, and it might be something that you can just say, well, it wasn't for me, and that's okay. Sure. And again, that survey is at labuyout.com? Labuyout.com. Okay. That's exactly right. And you're invited to please go fill it out if you are a homeowner, uh, just to kind of give them an idea of, of whether or not you're paying attention and whether or not you might be interested. One change. You don't have to be just a homeowner. It okay. can be anybody that lives in there, even a renter. Okay. Because there, we actually just found out today there's about a, there's probably a dozen that we can't get in touch with. Well, if somebody's renting, they know how they're paying their rent to somebody. Sure. And we can try to track it back that way. Okay. Or, uh, so any information, anybody can call, and, the, and uh, you know, Rick and his staff will be able to guide you down that right path and make sure that you have all the information that you need. I just feel horrible that somebody be, would be in that situation and not be able to take advantage of it if that's what they want. Sure. That's the whole key for this whole thing is right now. We just need to make sure we help as many as we can. Sure. So, again, labuyout.com. If you know someone in that area who you think might be interested, but maybe they just don't stay connected, you know, they, they get up, they go to work, they come home, uh, but they've talked to you, they might want to get out, please try to get the information to them. So let's don't forget, that. What's the, what's the boundaries? It's River Road and Tabernacle on one end, which is Spring Park, and Bowman on the other side, which is the animal shelter. And that whole block that goes back to the river, all those houses in between, like there's 107 lots. It, it, when you say it like that, it's like, wow, you know, you, you don't realize how many lots are back there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's quite a bit. So, again, that's, that's Tabernacle to Bowman, basically to the railroad track. Yeah, that's and right. And with the eastern boundary of uh, River Road. And, and, and look, for a, for a federal program, they're a prior, they're, they're, they're anticipate, they hope to get uh, applications done in December and January. Well, guess what? Here it is in January. They're right on target, right? They hope they have closes starting in March through October, and they hope to have the whole program done by June of 2023. In federal timeline, this is a light, quick. lightning fast, right? Yeah, 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 that, <laughs> it is. It's lightning fast. Quick is probably not a, a good a descriptor. Right, and so then, then, then there's phase one, two, and three. So sure. phase, phase one is what they're in right now. But if you're in phase two or three, don't worry about it. Just get the application filled out so that you're in line. Sure. And you can find out what's going on uh, more as we go through this whole process. Cool. So again, want to remind folks, uh, this is the Spring Park Buyout Program. Please remember labuyout.com if you want to fill out a survey. It might help them get in touch with your landlord if you are a renter in that area. Again, that is from Tabernacle, Tabernacle Street. Oof, tried to get that out too quick. Yeah. On the north side, and Bowman, or roughly the railroad tracks on the south side, with the River Road as the eastern boundary. And also want to remind folks that Mr. John Madden has purchased that property that was the old Angel Concrete. He will be cleaning it up over the next few weeks uh, to make room for his laydown yard. But once that's done, it should be a relatively quiet affair. Without a doubt. Again, it's good to be back. Appreciate you kind of, we, we had the group meeting uh, yesterday, but appreciate you uh, kicking this off today for our solo interview. So please, anything else you'd like to say? Otherwise, you can introduce yourself. Just uh, thank you so much for, for you know, there's there's not enough opportunities for us to, to be able to get out and spread the good news or bad news sometimes. But the good news is really important that we get that out as well. So thank you for all your efforts. I'm Gerard Landry, the mayor of Denver Springs. And again, my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news, and we appreciate you taking the time to come get the word out, whether sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it just is. Yes. So, and please remember the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. 
We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks for getting back in the rhythm with us, and we'll see you next time.